Welcome to the Forever Fab podcast for Patreon, where you may access exclusive interviews and additional fabulous content. Here's an example of what you may hear. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Medea, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab on Patreon. Forever Fab is the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madair, the founder of Holistic Plastic Surgery Philosophy and your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is co-hosted by my fab friend, Amina Altai. This week's episode is also brought to you by Amina Altai Coaching. You know what they say, quote, change your mindset, change your life, end quote. If you're ready to level up your life and willing to do the work to feel free, release, and be impactful, you must visit AminaAltai.com. Stay tuned to hear more about how you can get a highly coveted seat at this purpose-driven table of bliss. Today, our fab guest is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, and the topic on today's episode is Brains, Beauty, and Brawn, Pro-Aging Through Muscle Management. Welcome to my double interview with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, co-hosted by Amina Altai. Today's topic is Brains, Beauty, and Brawn, Pro-Aging Through Muscle Management. Welcome to my double interview with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and Amina Altai. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon is a holistic functional family medicine practitioner who received her doctorate in osteopathic medicine from the Arizona College of Osteopathic Medicine. She earned her undergraduate degree in human nutrition from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where she studied vitamin and mineral metabolism, chronic disease prevention and management, and the physiologic effects of diet composition. We all need to know that, whether we're physicians or not. She also completed a research and clinical fellowship in nutritional science and geriatrics at Washington University in St. Louis. Dr. Lyon's philosophy of muscle-centric medicine is her groundbreaking concept of eliminating unwanted body fat. Let me repeat that. Eliminating (laughs) unwanted body fat. So non-traditional approaches, which we'll talk about. With non-traditional approaches. I'm so excited to have this conversation. And her concept involves building muscle and wait till you see her guns, her arms, building muscle and allowing for continued accelerated metabolism and long-term wellness, because we all know as the years advance, our metabolism definitely slows. Dr. Lyon also promotes exercise 
and it's not a dirty word, exercise as another way to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, more than just physical activity. Adults need muscle targeting exercises to ensure long-term health and decreased risk of chronic disease, and may I add, pro-aging. Her patients include elite military operators such as Navy SEALs, Green Beret, Army Rangers, and Canadian assaulters, as well as everyday heroes and heroines like us all who benefit from whole body, whole person approach, which includes advanced nutrition interventions, metabolic and genetic testing, and personalized behavioral action plans. Dr. Lyons sees patients and lives in New York City with her husband and their daughter. I cannot wait to get into the meat. Pun and intended. son now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And your son. Congratulations. Yes, yes. daughter and son, two children yes. and a husband and a practice and a friend, amongst other things. I cannot wait to get into this meat intended word of this interview. But first, <laughs> allow me to introduce the inimitable, inimitable, fabulous Amina Altai. I'm going to start Amina's introduction with a quote, and this quote is, your next level of success will not come from doing more. It will come from being more you, end quote, epic. Amina is a holistic leadership and mindset coach and corporate trainer. She is the first social entrepreneur to successfully create a methodology that supports the health of a business and its people at the same time. Her journey has been illustrious, and I, I say this not only because she's my friend, but it's the truth. After starting her career in marketing at Cartier, one of my favorites, feel free to come on this podcast anytime, Cartier folks, she went on to co-found a marketing agency specifically to support emerging and growth stage brands. After over seven years of working on her brands, ranging from Samsung to Avan, MD Solar Sciences, and Super Smile, as well as helping to launch over 30 startups. So basically, she knows what she's doing. She went on to lead marketing efforts for Spa Finder Wellness, which is the largest media and marketing company in the wellness space. She later took a post at Bliss as head brand integration officer, overseeing the product spa and e-commerce businesses. Pretty major. Then... As you've heard her describe on her previous Forever Fab podcast interview, thank you, Amina, she hit a proverbial wall. That wall, that block, was perhaps a blessing in disguise, I would say, a message, and maybe even a motivating impetus to help her fulfill her higher purpose, and that is of helping to heal herself and the world. It's one of many reasons why I connected with Amina. We both shared the desire to make the world a more beautiful place, one person at a time. I'm lucky to host these two fabulous powerhouse women on the Forever Fab podcast for Patreon. Amina joins me as my co-host and our fabulous guest, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, both joining me via StreamYard today. Welcome back, Amina, and welcome, Dr. Lyon. Thank you both for becoming and staying beautiful members of this Forever Fab community. Hi. Hi. Hello, hello. Thank hello. you for having us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Shall we get things started? Let's do yes, it. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'll start things off by asking the first question and then Amina, you and I will alternate from time to time. So both of you, this is a question for you both. How did the two of you meet? Match.com. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like so many people, right? Nothing wrong with that. I would have swiped on you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, why don't you tell the story, Amina? Yeah. I think that it, it's better coming from you. 
So the magic of podcast actually brought us together. So Dr. Gabriella Lyon and I have a mutual friend. Her name is Roxanne Safai. She has an amazing podcast called Black Belt Beauty Radio. And I had been a guest on her podcast. This is several years ago now, I think in the first year of her podcast. And after her podcast um, and after that interview, we became fast friends and she eventually became my client. And she then went on to interview Dr. Lyon and she would just always talk to me about how amazing Gabrielle is and everything that she's doing in the world and her perspective and muscle-centric medicine and how she's just languaging this and sharing this body of work in a totally new and different way. And then fast forward to a couple of years, I had a bit of a health crisis and I'd been through a couple of functional medicine doctors and I hadn't gotten to the root cause. And so Roxanne introduced me to Dr. Lyon and I really credit her with saving my life. I do not say that lightly. In our first meeting, she looked me straight in the eye and said, I will not stop until we get you well. And I wanted to cry because no one has ever said that. And that is how she has shown up for me. She is incredible. That is amazing, an amazing story. Wow. And to meet your patient for the first time and to say to her, you know, with conviction, I'm not going to stop until we get to the bottom of this, because again, not even knowing what the issue was and your commitment alone is, is just phenomenal. Yes. In terms of that, it's funny. People ask me about my practice and they ask me about my patients and I'm going to be frank. I love, I love winning. (laughs) <laughs> and winning, you know what they say. Yeah. If you're not first, you're last. Yes. <laughs> Competitive <laughs> by any chance. <laughs> but the reality is winning is something different to everybody. Yeah. And for me, I am a very service-based human. I have always been that way, even before being a physician. Over many years of training, it became clear to me that winning to me was being able to take a patient that has seen, on average, my patients see 13, 13 to 14 other physicians, wow. taking them and getting them better, doing a better job than anybody has done and truly transforming whatever physical limitation that individual has and eliminating it. Because I'll tell you one thing, I may not be the smartest, right? It'd be impossible to be the smartest, but tenacious and persevering and unrelenting in figuring out what is going on with that individual, I will stop at nothing to get them better. I love that. And, uh, and, and that, that's a true thing for me. And uh, again, that is my style of medicine. And just hearing that alone, right, Amina, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just going to a physician and having that physician say to you, I will not stop until we figure out what's going on with you and being unrelenting and being tenacious and turning, you know, every stone, every corner, that in and of itself, hearing that to me would be the beginning of the healing process. Just hearing it is healing. Just knowing that you have somebody on your team that will literally look at everything and is linking arms with you and has your back is the most beautiful thing that you can ever experience as a patient. That's the most profound shift that I've ever had, I think. And I also think that there's something really special about Dr. Lyon's approach that we haven't touched on yet of you understand human. So Mm -hmm. part of your medicine is reading the human, reading the archetype, listening and feeling Mm -hmm. what's unsaid and going to that place as well. It's really powerful. Yes. There, you know, it's interesting. I've been in practice. I've been in practice embarrassingly seeing patients (laughs) for, you know, I don't know, 15 years. Yes. Um, and I, I will tell you that, and 
you know, Dr. Shirley, I'm sure you've had this experience is that there's an, there's the physical aspect of the patient and we are trained algorithmically. We are trained yes. to identify systems, and systems, you know, maybe, you know, whatever that, that system is. And, and yeah. medicine is arguably very algorithmic and yeah. rightly so you have this yeah. infection, you take this medication. The interesting aspect of that nuance of healing really mm. relates to the archetype of the person, yeah. which, by the way, is incredibly predictable, mm. right? Oh, the only ones that are ever surprised by our human nature yeah. is the human. Yeah, of course. But for us, it's like, oh, man, like, you could totally expect that. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, we know, we know Amina is much less likely to complain. We yeah. know that she's going to push through it. And Dr. Shirley, I would argue, I would argue and say you're probably exactly the same. Yeah. Literally the wheels have to be falling out. No, I'm okay. I'm totally yeah. okay. Yeah. I'll right? be fine. I'll be fine. I'll totally be fine, which is the high achieving women that I take care of. I, I expect that that is their human nature and, and understanding and really leveraging that component allows for getting to any underlying cause. I love that. It isn't, I love that you're sort of redefining or enhancing the definition of medicine and healing, right? It isn't just physical. It isn't just systems, but there's something that you have to transcend to be able to yeah. understand or really feel the human. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to turn it to you and let you ask your next question before I delve further into Dr. Lyon's approach. Thank you. I love this. This is so fun tag teaming an interview. It's my so first fun. time, but it's so fun. <laughs> so I would love to hear more about your approach to medicine, muscle-centric medicine, because I think language can either be a form of limitation or liberation. Mm -hmm. And the way that you language your approach feels so liberating. So I would love for us to dig deeper into your approach around muscle-centric medicine. I am so grateful that you asked. The concept, for, first I should back up to where, well, let me give you an overview of what muscle-centric medicine is. Muscle-centric medicine is this concept that muscle is the largest organ in the body. Not just something based on locomotion, but truly an endocrine organ. What does that mean? That means when this tissue contracts, the skeletal muscle contracts, it secretes things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that it secretes are myokines. Making, which is very new science, so this one concept that Muscle is not just about locomotion and looking good in a bikini, but it actually is an endocrine organ, just like when you, your thyroid, your thyroid produces thyroid hormone. Understanding that muscle is the organ of longevity and really determines everything about how we age in terms of how we can augment our metabolism, in terms of how we regulate body composition body composition, for example, the diseases of Western society, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, which is actually type 3 diabetes of the brain. We see the symptomology of all these things. Symptomology meaning hypertension, elevated blood sugar, um, you know, irregular heart activity. But the cause, if it is metabolic in nature, which it usually is, is skeletal muscle. This is absolutely blowing my <laughs> mind. Can I have an emoji answer? <laughs> and I actually love talking about this with other physicians as well, because the concepts of what we've been taught are flawed. The paradigm in which we think about obesity, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, 
the paradigm that it is an obesity illness is flawed in the way that that is the symptomology of impaired muscle first. Those diseases start in the organ of skeletal muscle first. That's totally not what we learn. Before you see any symptomology, before you see any other problem, you have defects, defects I use loosely, deficits, defects mm -hmm. in the skeletal muscle, changes in metabolism and skeletal muscle first. Wow. wow. No wonder why obesity has been so difficult to treat. Mm. You are only effective, as effective at treating a problem if you are asking the correct question. You have to have the correct paradigm of thinking to execute it appropriately. Um, so have we been wrong all this time? Yes. Not wrong, but have we... Yeah. We need perhaps to make a modification or an adjustment to how we counsel our patients and frankly, how it, personally we want to maintain longevity and be well. Yes. So the issue becomes we have been obsessed with obesity. We've yeah. been obsessed with losing weight. We've been everyone. It, it's all about this obesity conversation, which is number one, debilitating, number mm -hmm. two, disempowering, and Absolutely. number three, focusing on issues as opposed to understanding that skeletal muscle is where the problem starts. Mm. And thank God it starts in skeletal muscle because we actually can affect this organ system every single day. We have conscious control. It's not like you can affect your kidneys by thinking about them. You can't go do a kidney exercise. I mean, right. I'm sure you could do like tapping or whatever. But <laughs> is I can work around the kidney practice. I, I can't even comment on that. <laughs> but we can, if we understand that the real issue is skeletal muscle, then we have an empowering point of view. We can then understand that everything that we do when we think about optimizing health and longevity must relate to skeletal muscle. It is not an issue of being over fat. It is an issue of being under muscled. Ooh, okay, true story, which is going to lead to my, my next question. True story is that I'm going to talk about pandemic pounds. That's what I call them. So height of the pandemic, beginning of the pandemic, I totally just had my own situations, you know, holistically, mentally, emotionally. Interestingly enough, a few things that I stopped doing, which I had been doing religiously, um, I stopped eating relatively well, so definitely my caloric intake increased, my sugar addiction desire for it increased, and interestingly enough, at the same time, I stopped exercising every day as I used to. Mm -hmm. And these 15, you know, revisit of the freshman 15, this is now the pandemic 15 <laughs> that I have put on, um, I'm having a really difficult time getting mm. rid of them, and I just wonder if you're saying to me, and I'm thinking there must be a correlation with my lack of exercise. So my question is, um, is, do you have, or tell us about one of the more dramatic patient transformations that you were able to help bring about present uh, company, you know, included or excluded to her desire? <laughs> um, there's so many, there's, there's so, so many. Let me think about Okay, I'm going to give you a patient in my mind, right? Yep. And I'm going to yep. share this person. So this is a person who is an extraordinarily successful lawyer. 
runs a, a lawyer firm. She is just a baller of a woman. Badass. Yeah, total <laughs> badass. Oh, had um, always struggled with her weight and had tried everything. We're talking 800, 1200 to 800 calorie diet, working out really, really hard and, and struggled to lose weight. When you think about weight, you do think about calories in and calories out. That is a fundamental truth that you do hear a lot of arguing about, um, and it does hold true. However, when you think about calories in, that's incredibly self-explanatory. And she was doing fantastic on her diet. She was high protein. Protein is actually really the fuel source for healthy muscle. Mm -hmm. And on the other aspect of it is the physical. So now you're thinking the calories out, what is going to actually affect what goes out? And there's different ways to burden a system and there's different ways to burden a metabolic system. And I will share with you one of the things that we did is we corrected her sleep apnea. Hmm. And she had sleep apnea and individuals that don't sleep, don't sleep well, or have sleep apnea have alterations in their ability to regulate blood sugar. Okay. We corrected her sleep apnea. She also had multiple gut problems. And when I say multiple gut problems, she had two parasites, an overgrowth of candida. She had all kinds of malabsorption issues. She was having low-grade inflammation. Her digestion was never great. She really, really struggled to be able to appropriately put on muscle mass because she was always in somewhat of an inflamed state. Mm -hmm. We corrected her thyroid. And we didn't even do hormones. We, we just did a little bit of thyroid correction. This woman who was never able to budge her weight lost 40 pounds like that. Wow. May I make an appointment for you? <laughs> <laughs> but these were things, and she'd been to a lot of other people, and it wasn't as simple as, but no one had thought about the fact that she might have sleep apnea. I treat sleep right. apnea all the time for individuals that aren't overweight. It's not necessarily a weight issue. It is a the way that the jaw and the tongue shift and fit. Yes. And it was, you know, it was these other things, thinking about these other things. She had done a bunch of gut tests with other kind of integrative practitioners. Mm -hmm. But one has to understand is while I do practice a, a spectrum of more natural medicine, I'm a traditionally trained physician. Yes. Right. Which means just like you, Dr. Shirley, which means if, you know, it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Even if the yeah. test says it's not a duck, that yes. motherfucker's a duck. Okay. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. <laughs> so what I did was I didn't agree with the results that I was seeing. So mm. I, I did further infectious disease workups. Mm. I collaborate with other physicians, other infectious disease workups to really understand what is going on with the gut because it just didn't make sense. She had an extensive travel history. And then, of course, when you're looking at old school parasitologists, they give you a whole different perspective and we yeah. were able to identify certain things and fix it. And, and that, that's just one example. Yeah. Tremendous results. And, you know, again, I love winning. Yeah. So I would say I've only, oh gosh, maybe I've had two patients that I wasn't able to completely transform. Wow. I mean, that sounds amazing. So Amina, I'll, I'll take it to you. Yeah. I think there's so much creativity in your approach as well because yes. – as a patient of yours, I have I have done my tour of the the who's <laughs> who functional medicine doctors yes. across the country. Like I have done yes. the world tour, 
And your approach is so high low. You are a visionary, you have this macro perspective, but you also Mm -hmm. get in at this micro level as well. And the tools that you use are like tools that I've never seen before. And I think there's a high degree of creativity required to put it together in that way. And I'm curious how you kind of come up with your approach. Great question. Um, I've had that experience a lot. I get a lot of patients that have seen other functional, let's say functional medicine doctors. Um, I will tell you that I, I really look at the testing and just because someone, just because a group of individuals are doing a certain type of testing, it doesn't mean that it's effective. It doesn't mean that it's measuring what we're looking for. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it should be a, you know, a gold standard. And this comes from, you know, I did two years of research at WashU, which is a very, very intense institution. And you are trained to think and you are trained to ask questions. One of the reasons that I've become so creative, and I I really do appreciate you saying that because I would say that that is really my wheelhouse, is in the creativity of solving the unsolvable and figuring out where the issues are. You know, I just came from Rutgers University meeting with their nutrition department because I am interested in what is the new research coming out? How is there? How can we collaborate? Oh, hey, and by the way, you guys have an infectious disease department. I need to meet them. So that yeah. there are things that um, there are testing in ways that can be advanced that perhaps um, are not being done in the functional medicine space. It everyone is using the same testing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that's good medicine, right? And are they questioning no. that in the way that you they're are? Not. No, they're not. They look at it and they go, oh, "Okay, well, you're negative. Okay, okay, well, that's negative, right? No, maybe it's in a life cycle, and maybe a PCR test is not the right test." Maybe it needs to be done with infectious disease. And also, I will tell you, if it is not in my wheelhouse, I will collaborate. I will refer to neurology. I will refer to cardiology. I will refer out because everybody has to understand their scope of practice because that, in order to really be a good physician, and Dr. Shirley, I would love for you to weigh in. But, you know, surgery is is interesting because you're kind of standalone. You are, this is what you're doing, but you would have no problem referring out to anesthesia. Of course not. Yeah. And that in the collaborative effort of having another expert at least weigh in on something. Yeah. Because it's not an ego thing. So the, right. You ask ultimately, where did the creativity come from? The creativity comes from number one, I really like to win. And winning to me is figuring that shit out for you. Right. And winning for you is, as for me, it's patient-centric. Yeah. I mean, right? I want to figure it out. I got yes. this. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Well, um, I do I do yeah. absolutely agree with your approach, and I think it's fantastic. I'm sure you have met colleagues who have considered you, you know, woo-woo, as I have met colleagues. No, who- actually, they don't, really. Oh, good. I'm glad. They, they well, don't. I mean, they might, like, roll their eyes if I'm yeah. using a certain... <laughs> test and I'll be like, Hey, yeah, this isn't totally validated, but, yeah. Yeah. um, but yeah, not so much. Good. I'm glad because I've definitely met colleagues who maybe have not said it to my face, but have said to other people, Oh, she's still doing that woot woot stuff because I brand my practice as holistic. Plastic well, you surgery. are very unique, Dr. Shirley. You are very unique. It is just so the listeners know, there are not many surgeons like you. And I Thank do you. know quite a, you know, quite a few surgeons and have met many, many surgeons. The surgical yeah. mind, the surgical practice in yeah. and of its own is a whole different ballgame. So the fact that you combine 
more holistic even thought process because I was looking at your website. I'm like, gosh, concierge, I need to come over my house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I try. I try again because I – I like winning too. And I think that beauty and aging, et cetera, are completely a part of this entire spectrum that Mm -hmm. we as physicians know a lot about, but not everything. So to your point earlier, there's the knowledge, right? There's the Mm -hmm. physicality, there's the creativity, um, and Mm -hmm. then there's the intuition. And I think all of that leads to the transcendence that we hope to achieve with and for our patients. Can I blow your mind on one? Can I just nerd blow out? Blow my mind again. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just, I'm just nerding out for a second because <laughs> I'm so excited. There, when you think about, okay, so the, I, so the, the concept of muscle-centric medicine, I didn't get to tell you where it came from. I'm going to make this, this story really short. You so basically, like. no, 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 I promise. I'll make it Basically, I was doing clinical research and I was um, imaging people's brains. So it was postmenopausal women, like peri postmenopausal women that were always struggling with their weight. And when I say weight, I mean that extra 10 pounds. It was the 20, the the 10 to 20 pounds. So not much. And I, I really came, became attached to this one woman and she had three children and she'd always put her kids and her family first, always struggled with her weight. And I was doing a geriatric fellowship at the same time, and I imaged her brain, and her brain looked like the brain of an Alzheimer's patient. Whoa. And I was heartbroken because I knew that in the next 10 years, she was going to have cognitive changes that were going to be disastrous. Could I mean, she might not – she would struggle to – find her keys or remember that word. And it was, it, it made me feel like we were failing as a, an entire system of medicine. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, okay, so the wider the waistline, and I don't know how to say this, you know, this isn't meant to be offensive or snarky or anything, but the wider the waistline, the lower the brain volume. There is wow. a direct correlation between yeah. waist circumference and brain volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because like I had mentioned that, um, dementia of a certain kind also, you know, depending on what it is, cognitive impairment is, can be type three diabetes of the brain. So okay. it's okay. So there's a, a metabolic weight component. Correlation. Yes. Correlation. Yes. And I just was at that moment thought to myself, realized that if we could have focused on the solution and really focused on her muscle health, that this wouldn't have happened because we're failing her. She was yo-yo dieting. She was losing weight. Every time she lost weight, she would lose muscle. And now she couldn't maintain her blood sugars. It was like this whole big mess. So that is the moment that muscle-centric medicine was born. Fast forward to my lunch today, which is what I'm super excited to tell you about because I think this is going to be another like, oh my God, this is such an aha moment. Yes. We, in, when we take blood work, right, Dr. Shirley, when you do blood, you look at the CBC, you look at the CMP, is the blood levels okay, everything working? Yeah. Ways in which we address body fat, we kind of look at blood sugar regulation. Yes. Okay. And there's multiple markers. We might even look at triglycerides. How do you assess muscle mass? There's only one test that we do in the blood. Creatine kinase. I was going to say, is it creatine? That's it. Only one. one. But how many times is a you know, so you mean to tell me that we have a one marker that we are, so this just goes to show you how messed up we are. We have all these markers to look at obesity. 
We have yeah. all these things like oh, blah, 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 that, which by the way is a symptom of impaired skeletal muscle. Interesting. Yeah. And then how are we addressing muscle health? So muscle health should be an endpoint. You should go to your doctor and your doctor should be like, let me see what your healthy skeletal muscle mass is. No, nah, it doesn't happen. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know what, Dr. Shirley, I don't know what yours is. I'm not, I don't know what yours is. I don't even know what mine should be because we don't, because the questioning and the concepts around obesity have been so deeply ingrained and they are so incorrect. It's like we've been shining the light in the wrong direction. And so we have this paradigm that is built around yes. material that we're not even meant to be looking at. There's this whole obscured right. purview and you are now talking about it in a way yeah. that allows us to be, like you said, conscious and proactive and yeah. shifting into this new way of being. So I just had, you're totally right. And I was just super excited because I just came to this realization today while I was talking to a professor and I was like, oh man, we are really missing the mark. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Wow, that's perfect. Back to regular scheduled programming. <laughs> um, can we talk about hitting the mark, which is how I view you? So, obviously, my shtick in the world is leadership and aligned leadership. And you are somebody that to me is just so in alignment. And mm. how you lead is really beautiful and honorable. And how you also make time for your family and the people that you love. And so, I would love to know, and I'm sure everybody listening would love to know. What are the vital practices that you use to be able to show up so fully? Because you have a bustling practice, you have a big family, you're talking around the country, like you are on yep. the go. So how do you show up in the way that you show up? What are your vital practices? Integrity. Integrity, integrity, integrity. And what does integrity mean to me? It means I start off by deciding who I'm going to be every day. For me, it's I really want to be iconic. I really want yeah. to change this narrative and that means something. So every day I write that out, every single day. And then I design the state in which I'm going to go through my day. Hmm. Whether it's magnetic and abundant and bright and whatever it is. And I write that out. And then I design exactly how my day was going to go. Today, I'll give you an example. I was going to Rutgers and I decided I want to be an adjunct professor. That's my new thing. I want to be Love an adjunct professor professor for Rutgers and I wrote out exactly what's going to happen and how I want to go more towards media and I want to do more speaking and more TV, blah, blah, blah. So I write this whole thing out and then I decide I'm going to manifest something and I write in the last line what I'm manifesting, okay? That is one section. And then when, so that's one part of the integrity. The second, most, even more important part of the integrity is I am on top of my inner dialogue. Mm. I write out everything that I do not miss a beat. I am on top of it. I am regulating that shit like yep. that. I, it is not slipping by me because when it does, it becomes unconscious and then I don't even realize it. Yeah. So I send a text. I, I work with a coach. I send her a text or I'll put in an email. Just this just nonsensical lower self vibe that has mm. to come out because it's not personal, right? The brain, right. just like the heart beats, the brain thinks nonsensical stuff. Um, so that's an integrity practice. And then every domain in my life has structure, time management. I have mm. to be on top of my time management and I have to have integrity about it. The way I treat my husband, the way I treat the people in my life, there's consequences for everything. And I put those in place. I, you know, when I was a jerk to my husband, 
I would have to throw $20, $20 out the window in single dollar bills. How many times do you think I was a jerk? <laughs> like, damn, just once. Expensive. Just once. <laughs> it was my new purse. Damn it. Totally. Um, so, it, so these are just examples. And I learned this from the Hendel group. And, and these are examples of just keeping integrity really tight and then really being present. And I always say what I mean. And, you know, you, you, what you get, what you see is what you get. I always do things within just very much in alignment and it, it is a conscious effort. I was actually going to ask you, I was like, these practices sound like the Handel group. And yeah. I went to Handel back in, I don't know, yeah. 2008. That was mm -hmm. one of my first stops or first yep. coaching forays before I actually became a coach. It's a wonderful organization. I love it. And, and I work with them and, and we do, you know, I've been working with them for years. And then the other aspect is, and, and when you say physical integrity, it's physical integrity with food, it's integrity with training, which yeah. is different for everybody. For me, I'm a very physical being. I'm married to a Navy SEAL. We get up, we train. You know, if he wow. wants to be lazy, I'm still in there sprinting with, you know, I'm holding the two babies and the man child. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But yeah. if, I, if I miss those things that I know that are foundational, it, it builds on, it creates anxiety. Mm. And, it, and it builds. And also, and I'll leave this last piece because now this was exhaustive and I'm sure no one wanted to hear that much of it. Yes, we did. <laughs> is that I'm very aware of my weaknesses. Mm. Right now in our society, it's all about focusing on your strengths. I think that is a huge mistake. You have to know the kinks in your armor. You have to know your Achilles heel because you can expect and plan for that. I am never caught off guard or surprised by my own inherent nature. Mm. And that is incredibly valuable. You've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast for Patreon. If you are interested in more exclusive content, additional fabulous interviews, then please go to patreon.com forward slash forever fab and become a fabulous member. Sign up for either the gold, platinum, or diamond level and enjoy even more forever fab.